it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley filling in today. Brian has the day off. Brian will be back tomorrow. I'm partnering today with Allison, of course. Pete and Josh. Eric also has the day off. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian, not just in my esteem, Brian literally holds a place on the Mount Rushmore of the most important talk radio programs in America today. Talkers Magazine, which is the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media, rates Brian Kilmeade as the fourth most important radio talk show host in America. Well earned, Brian. You can follow Brian Kilmeade at briankilmeade.com, thebriankilmeadeshow.com. And Brian, of course, is also a New York Times bestselling author. Brian's latest bestseller is available, and if you go to, to Brian's store at briankillme.com, he'll autograph it for you, and it makes just a, a great gift. The president and the freedom fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul, available at briankillme.com. And do not forget, Saturday nights will never be the same, and you get two opportunities. Uh, the, the first version at 8 p.m., with Brian Kilmeade, One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. Do not miss that. We'll talk more about that during today's program, uh, this upcoming program, which is on at 8 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. And then I believe it's uh, on again at 11 p.m., but there is a second viewing uh, every single Saturday. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. We're going to be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Alan West in just a moment. Let me tell you just a little bit about the colonel, although he's no stranger to the Brian Kilmeade Show. He's a great friend to the Brian Kilmeade Show, the executive director of American Constitutional Rights Union. He's a former member of what I call the People's House, the United States House of Representatives, where he represented Florida's 22nd congressional district from 2011 to 2013. Recently, as you know, a candidate for governor of the great state of Texas and also a best-selling author, books, Hold Texas, Hold the Nation, Victory or Death, and we can overcome an American black conservative manifesto. He was positioned in Kandahar, Afghanistan, when he was serving our country. He was an advisor to the Afghan National Army. And not that Colonel West has to do anything to, to make news, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, his speech, attempted speech, do you say, when they try, when you're trying to do free speech and your free speech is stunted, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? at the University of Buffalo's uh, presentation that um, Colonel West gave, attempted to, gave, to give, and yet when you talk about free speech and we have in this sort of bizarro world existence at the moment, it's much like the Democrats are going bananas, bonkers, over Elon Musk purchasing Twitter because they like it the way that it is. They believe in a perfect utopia, I would call it dystopian, but in their perfect utopia world, free speech means their speech. And if you don't agree with their speech, your speech is taken down or is called partial truth or partly false or some sign put in, put over your particular attempted free speech or perhaps 
you have a different opinion on COVID-19 or you have a different opinion on Hunter Biden and they take your stuff down altogether. And then just for fun and giggles, they deplatform you. And of course, all these things that were said to be false turn out to be true. If you have a different view on COVID-19 and look at all the data that's coming out, how wrong the so-called experts were. If you didn't go with their company line, your truth was taken down, your opinion was taken down. You were probably either put in some kind of social media jail for hours, sometimes days, even weeks, or deplatformed altogether. So a lot to unpack this hour on the Brian Kilmeade show. And the team is going to let me know when Colonel West arrives. Is he is he here? Fantastic. I was I was uh, hoping that would be the case. Colonel West is Harry, and it is a pleasure to speak with you again, my friend. And uh, thanks so much for having me and a great uh, opening monologue that you gave, because, you know, right now it is not about free speech. It's about accepted speech, and it's about what the left determines to be acceptable or accepted speech. And when you think about this apoplectic meltdown that they're having about uh, Elon Musk, they didn't care about him, uh, you know, starting Tesla and growing Tesla because they believe in electric vehicles and, and green energy and everything like that. They didn't care about Michael Bloomberg having a huge media presence with, presence with Bloomberg News. They didn't right. care anything about Mark Zuckerberg and all that he has done. But now, all of a sudden, when they believe that they will not be able to censor the speech of political opposition or people that have different uh, perspectives or thoughts, that really does upset them. And I just want to remind everybody of what Senator Daniel Patrick Monaghan once said, the uh, liberal Democrat senator from New York. He said, you're entitled to your own opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And let me add one more for that, that great repertoire, Colonel West. The Democrats had no problem. All the same people celebrated when Jeff Bezos purchased the Washington yeah. Post, where we're evidently, you know, one. yeah, where evidently that was a beautiful thing. That was fantastic. The second richest man in the world bought the Washington Post and it was it was fantastical. It was beautiful. It fit the narrative. But of course, the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, purchases Twitter and it's the end of the republic. Let's prove further how correct you are, Colonel West, on The Brian Kilmeade Show. We're going to play two audio clips that are separated in time by about two weeks. We'll go to the first cut in just a moment. I'll set the stage at the actual event where Colonel West was speaking. So ironic that Colonel West was speaking about the fact that America is not a racist nation, uh, and yet what then transpired thereafter. And then we're going to follow immediately with uh, two days ago or so and the response from the University of Buffalo uh, Student Union on Colonel West. So if you would do the honors, Josh, cut 28. I saw New York Post that the uh, Therese is her name. She went and she said that, uh, oh, Alan West did experience racism, but he overcame it. So you agree that America can be racist, right? But he just overcame that. So you, you know what I mean? So they legit didn't do And then another point that she was trying to make was, 
wanted to have a conversation and facilitate, that's not how you facilitate a conversation. You don't come up and say America is not racist and be like, I was just trying to have a dialogue. That's not how you have those dialogues, especially as a student org. You reach out to other student orgs, especially like the BSU, other black orgs, and you try to prove your point as to why America is not racist. It was all just a show to get people riled up. And even Alan West himself stood up and said, everywhere I go to have this speech this is exactly what happens. They are used to this happening. They want us to get riled and Colonel West, I know you're used to this. Uh, it's such a double standard. It's it's so you know indecent. You you put your life on the line in the field of battle. You you served in the People's House. Uh, you you've accomplished many many things, and yet this is almost expected, isn't it? Yeah, it's sad that when you go on a college and university campus, this is what you're met with. And I just could not understand the point that any of these young people were attempting to make. And the fact that here I am a person born 61 years ago in a blacks-only hospital, I think I can talk about America and what I've seen happen in my lifetime and how we are progressing. The fact that I was able to be uh, rise through the ranks of, to a lieutenant colonel, be a member of the United States uh, House of Representatives, be a chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. But that's not what they wanted to hear. They only want to hear their narrative. They only want to hear their talking points. And I guess for them, they were provoked. They found it offensive that a black man born down south would stand up and say, this is not a racist nation. You know, this is uh, a nation that is seeking every single day to become that more perfect union, which is in the preamble of the Constitution. I've seen racism. My parents saw racism. But when you're sitting on a college campus and you don't want to learn, you don't want to hear any different uh, thoughts or perspectives, that's not what a campus is supposed to be about. And I guess I triggered them and provoked them and everything because I didn't tow their line. And I'm not going to. On the Brian Kilmeade Show, Newsmaker Hotline is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Colonel, let's go to the um, the news of the last couple of days with Elon Musk and his $44 billion purchase of Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he's, he has telegraphed that he just wants it to be fair to all. I think this is living proof. The hard left does not want a level playing field. They only want a playing field where their opinions – And their alternative facts even prevail, whether it was Hunter Biden, whether it was COVID-19 or many other things that that were once false and got you deplatformed. Now they're true. And I don't hear anybody apologizing or any of that. So Musk wants it to be a level playing field. And this has the Democrats going berserk. Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, now we see who the real fascists are because they are trying to su- suppress the, the thoughts and the speech and the uh, the freedom of expression, all the First Amendment rights of those that don't agree with them. Look, leftism, progressivism, socialism, communism, Marxism, whatever you want to call it, can only advance itself through fear, uh, intimidation, threats, coercion, and ultimately uh, violence. And, and we've seen all of this even from the American left happening within the last couple of years. And what is even more disturbing is when you have someone like a Hillary Clinton, a former candidate for president, that is contacting the European Union and asking them to pass a law to suppress the freedom of speech of Americans and to suppress, you know, what Elon Musk would like to see happen with Twitter. When did we go to the Europeans and ask them to suppress us? Uh, that, to me, is unconscionable. And, and how could a person like that have ever run for president in the United States of America is beyond me. 
truly, truly incredible, Lieutenant we- uh, Colonel West. Uh, let's go to some additional audio to give you a chance to uh, provide some analysis from your point of view, Colonel West. Uh, cut 26. I thought Black Lives Matter. Where are all those who stated Black Lives Matter? When are we going to start asking these serious questions? If Black Lives Matter, then the thousands of people I saw on the street when Floyd was murdered should be on the street right now stating that the lives of these black children that are dying every night matters. We can't be hypocrites. Now, New York Mayor Eric Adams, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, makes a very good point, doesn't he, Colonel West? No, he does. And that's the uh, response that I always give is when people start shouting Black Lives Matter, I say, which Black Lives? You know, we did not hear any celebration of the loss of life of the Texas Army National Guard soldier, Specialist Evans, who died, uh, drowned while trying to rescue two illegal immigrants in the Rio Grande River who happened to be drug smugglers. Now, where's the celebration? As a matter of fact, uh, you know, no one, even from the White House, Jen Psaki, you know, tried to dismiss this, and they didn't talk about it for 48, almost 72 hours. The black lives, 25 million almost, that are murdered in the womb. No one's speaking about that. The gang violence, no one's speaking about that. The fatherlessness issue, uh, no one's speaking about that. As a matter of fact, the kids up there in Buffalo shouted me down when I said that was one of the biggest issues in the black community right now is fatherlessness. And then the other thing is the lack of good quality education in the black community because the teachers' unions are making sure that you don't have the quality schools in our inner city communities. And so what about those lives? So I think that that's, again, part of the messaging that we have to get out there and challenge the left on, because Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization that is only being leveraged using the uh, the leftist resources of George Soros and others to talk about the black lives that fit their narrative. Lieutenant Colonel West, we're down to about a minute and a half. Hank Newsom, who I think a lot of people on the Brian Kilmeade Show have heard say some of the most outrageous things you'll ever hear. Here's how he interprets what Mayor Adams had to say. Josh, cut 27. Let's get back to Eric Adams, this, this, this mayor who, spews, who is a Democrat, but he spews conservative and Republican talking points. At the end of the day, we have a name for someone like this, and this is someone we call a c- right? Because of, he's a black man and he's a white man in blackface and a very conservative minded white man at that. So what we have is a man with hundreds of people on the city's payroll, billions of dollars in budget and 40,000 police officers. He has 10, 10, 10 victims in one night. The night before, he had 16 shooting victims on a train. And they say, what are you going to do about policing? And he says, what about BLM? Is America not smart enough to see him deflecting? Colonel, 30 seconds. How about that? that he just said everything you need to hear, didn't he? Yes, he did. And that's the perspective of, of the uh the talented 10th, as W.B. Du Bois would uh, call them. Look, they called Larry Elder the blackface of white supremacist. Uh, I've been told that I am uh, speak, uh, speaking about anti-black rhetoric. This is how they deflect to get away from the real issues. And Eric Adams is not a conservative. Eric Adams is not a Republican. Eric Adams is carrying on a lot of the policies of Mayor Bill de Blasio. But we've got to stand up and push against these, uh, I call them the poverty pimps. I think you're right about that. In fact, I know you're right about that. And uh, thank you for appearing on the Brian Kilmeade Show, Lieutenant Colonel West. My pleasure. All the best, Harry. You take good care. 
Alan West is a great American. You think about the grief that he has to put up with because of a certain narrative that if you do not fit that narrative, you get trashed and you get called all these different things. Uh, Thank you for a great visit. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Honest commentary, unique opinions, no agenda. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley filling in today. I'm partnering with Allison, Pete, and Josh. Eric also has a day off. Brian, will be back tomorrow. Please don't miss this. I feel like I'm doing you a favor. Do not miss. Uh, Brian Kilmeade is the kind of person, he doesn't mark time. He makes a difference. He doesn't waste time. Every segment is important to him. Every show that he does is important to him. And at this moment, and I believe this is a demarcation line that I'll talk a little bit about after I talk about Brian. This program, this Saturday night on Fox Nation, on Fox News Channel, and, and it is, it's a Fox Nation special. That's a, it's available tomorrow on Fox Nation. Do not miss who is Elon Musk. Brian brings with him Stuart Varney, Liz Clayman, Kara Frederick, who is a fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and Seth Dillon, the chief executive officer of the Babylon Bee. Now, remember, they're, they're in the laugh business. They're in the satire business, and even they get deplatformed because their truth, their, their humor is more true than the so-called straight news. Elon Musk, people look at him so many different ways, visionary, villain, huckster, genius. I'm going with the genius category because this guy has conquered space. He has built incredible electric cars. Uh, he, he has now succeeded, I believe. There's still some things that have to take place, but I believe he succeeded in taking the Twitter platform. And he's already called out the senior attorney for Twitter uh, for what they've had to say about free speech. And what this may do, what this may do is actually bring about free speech in our country. 
And a little bit later in the program, we're going to share some comments from Jim Jordan uh, on the Fox News channel with Hannity uh, about this issue. I believe that the day that Elon Musk officially takes over Twitter, and you can see already him buying 9.2% of the company and then making this offer of more than $54 a share, uh, which was a real premium. I mean, this is a publicly traded company. They had to look at this, and they did, and they've accepted it. This can change the whole game where Democrats have dominated social media in a way that was never intended, where conservative, even moderate free speech was stunted. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Roe. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian, who will be back tomorrow. I have the privilege to fill in and also the professional privilege to be partnered with Allison, Pete, and Josh. Eric will be back soon as well. Joining us now on the Brian Kilmeade Show, on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline, is Rich Lowry, a great friend of the Brian Kilmeade Show, editor-in-chief of National Review and the author of The Case for Nationalism. Rich, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, I hope you take responsibility seriously. You're sitting in an important seat. I do. My, my goal, <laughs> my number one goal, Rich, is don't break Brian's show. So now there's pressure on you. I plan, I plan on, yeah, I, I agree with that. I plan on not doing so anyhow. Rich, great to be with you. I love yesterday's column, Rich Lowry, Let Disney Be an Example. Disney blew it here, didn't they? Yeah, well, clearly, you know, the CEO, you, you look back at the stories and what he was saying prior to all this, he was scared, you know, and this has been the, the story of corporate CEOs across America for years now. They get bullied by one splinter of American society, the woke left, you know, their employees, folks on Twitter, whatever it is, and they get pressured to taking these uh, social stances, these stances on hot-button cultural issues that are totally out of touch with the American mainstream. Mainstream. You know, this is not this is not something that Disney operating in a vacuum would ever do. They would just say, "Okay, we're an entertainment company. We have uh, woke customers and we have really conservative customers, so we're going to stay out of politics." He didn't do that, and DeSantis in Florida decided to make an example of of Disney. And my hope is that this this is just a, a sign to other. Um, corporate executives that gives them permission the next time something like this comes up and they get the pressure from the progressive left to say, you know what, we're not going to do it. We're not, you saw what happened to Disney. We're, not gonna, we're just going to stay out of it. We're just going to fly airplanes. We're just going to sell soda, whatever it is. I agree with you completely, and it's not just to be friendly. Why would you want to get mad at you potentially half of your customers? I mean, right now, I don't know what market capitalization – Disney has lost. I saw a number. It would be reckless for me to cite a number that I just can't back up, but it was not small. This will actually affect 
people who are planning to vacation who will say, well, I, I just don't want to be a part of this. The other thing that I thought was very indecent, and a lot of the people that on the left that just went with this, they decided to call a parental rights bill that merely said mm-hmm. it's not a good idea for five, six, and seven-year-olds to have this stuff taught to them. They, they don't even understand it. I heard Brian the other day, or it was Brian's guest, might have been you, as a matter of fact, uh, say something like, hey, kids, will, they'll, they'll eat chocolate all day if, if, you, if you let them you know, have a pile of chocolate in front of them. Uh, and, and so it was a big mistake. But then they got on board with this don't say gay. And I, I like the way DeSantis forcefully pushed back at a member of the media and said, that's not in the legislation. Those words don't exist. You are making that up. And yet, you know, the entire left media in this country, that's what they call a parental rights bill, the don't say gay. They just make yeah. this stuff up out of whole cloth, Rich. Yeah, well, this is the, the other thing that's really disturbing about how corporations have operated in this environment is they swallow these lies and repeat these lies. Disney did it with the Florida legislation. Major League Baseball did it with the Georgia voting bill. And again, it's because of intimidation and fear and the cultural power of a, just a splinter of our politics. So you just, you know, if a normal civil society, if you had corporations weighing in on this sort of stuff, half of them would be for it, half of them would be against it, you know, like the rest of the country. But that's not the way it works because they're, they're operating in what's basically a coercive environment. They are afraid of woke pressure. And I'm, I'm hoping that, again, this signal sent by what happened to Disney just gives every corporation permission to say, nope, we're not doing it. We're focusing on our business the way they, they have you know, throughout the, the rest of American history and, and were you know, uh, before like 10 years ago. Rich Lowry, what, what do you say to Brian Kilmeade Show listeners uh, with respect to Disney being willing to show such radicalism here at home in America, but not a bad word about China, for example? Yeah, I mean, it's cowardly uh, on, on both counts. So they fear the business consequences and what could be done to them if they cross China. So China says, censor this scene or this line out of this movie. They're like, okay, no problem, we'll do it. And then they're afraid of the woke left here at home. But if their standard is just supposedly you know, human rights and human dignity the way they say, they would tell the uh, – Communist Party in China to pound sand. Of course, they ne- they never do that. Um, and and the ideal scenario here, we we don't want to make uh, corporations fearful in order to get them to support our agenda. We just want them to go about their business. That that would be uh, a normal thing to happen. That would lower the temperature a little bit on on the cultural war. And again, I'm hoping this is a step in that direction. Fair comment. Do you think we're we're sort of hitting? And I think the midterm elections are going to be very important in terms of a reset in terms of us going from bizarro world back to something more normal, because there was a time, look, in that last election cycle, they were yelling defund the police and the cities mm-hmm. are on fire and they're called peaceful protesters. What it was it fiery, but mostly peaceful. And all these things that yeah. were going on, <laughs> the summer of love, the city of Chaz and shop and all of this. And now all that madness caught up with them in the off-year election the year after, and now with this midterm election uh, looking so bad for the Democrats, I, I, I hope and I believe – I know hope is not a strategy, but I believe in what you just said, that companies may start to look again and say, wow, this is not in our best interest. So we can't just choose ideology over 
our, our survival and, and our being able to thrive because I believe Disney is hurt very bad here. You could bring the NBA into here. They won't say a bad word mm-hmm. about China either. LeBron mm-hmm. James, nobody. Uh, but yet they'll trash anything here in America. It really is all the same thing. I believe as we make what I think will be a course correction where the American people will say – we were never for this stuff, defunding the police and all this radical nonsense that was going on, that companies will again stay out of the business. Look, we're in the opinion in, in, in the opinion business, so we will give an opinion. But if you're selling a product, you don't want to turn off potentially half of your customers, and that's how it is now. I'll give you a quick example. A dear friend of mine that lives in Philadelphia said that at the Thanksgiving table, there were about 10 people. He said to them, and they're all liberals, they're all his family, he's the only one that's not liberal, and he said, if we could end hunger in the world and we could end COVID-19, but you had to accept that Donald Trump would be the president of the United States, what's your answer? (laughs) And Rich Lowry on the Brian Kilmeade Show, to a man and woman, all eight, nine or ten of them said, the world will have to go hungry. Classic. What a great question. And, you know, it's, it's shocking on the one hand, it's not surprising on the other. And it exactly. shows, shows the, the priorities. And, the, the, uh, you know, I think you're right about the backlash. It's been really heartening against CRT, against the disorder in the, the cities and the crime we've seen and, and the shoplifting. And there have been signs that, that Democrats are beginning to understand it. You know, Joe Biden has, you know, he's in favor of funding, uh, more police funding. But the thing is, the cultural left will never give up. You know, this is a, a deep-seated, uh, sincere conviction of theirs of how they need to change the country. So, you know, they're going to lose this election and then they'll, you know, they're not going away and they'll, they'll come back again. And some people have, you know, criticized what's gone down in Florida on free speech grounds. And, you know, this isn't ideally, you don't want government retaliating against companies for anything they, they say or do. The way I think about that, though, is, you know, you're the deputy di- director of creative at Disney. I don't care what you say. Say whatever you want. Go on Facebook. Go on Twitter. Protest. Write letters to the editor. Fine. But w- what we're talking about here is the distortion and corruption of institutions. You know, Disney is a huge American institution that should belong to all of us, right? But it's been hijacked by a splinter of progressive opinion. That's what you want to stop. That's what you want to try to deter. You are listening to Rich Lowry, the editor-in-chief of the National Review, author of The Case for Nationalism. He is on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline, and we're talking about the important issues of the day. Relative to the, um, the midterm election, I would have to believe that even in a good environment throughout all of history, about 25, 28 seats change from the president's party in any first, first president's term midterm election. The House, I believe, is one. I, I, I hesitate saying that because we are in a crazy you know, environment, but I'm almost certain the House has won. The Senate is in doubt. I mean, you have to look at, is Herschel Walker going to be the nominee? Can he beat Warnock? There's a couple other really tough races. I think Mark Kelly can be beat in Arizona. I think that you know, there is a great opportunity for Republicans to have a somewhat comfortable margin in the House. It won't be like it is now where five votes and you can't get anything done. You know how that goes. I mean, the squad can keep anything from happening now for Democrats. It's the margins are so close. 
I think the Senate has a shot of being 52, 48 ish, 51, 49 or in a nightmare. Uh, Democrats, you know, keeping a 50 50 tie or or having the majority in the Senate. What's your early crystal ball about where we we are looking going into the midterm election? Same same as you, roughly. It'll, it'll be big in the House, you know, 30 plus maybe. Yep. Maybe it'll be suppressed a little bit because Republicans actually took seats, you know, in, in 2020. True. Uh, so those aren't seats. Those are seats that usually would be picked up, but they, they already got them. And then there's redistricting um, that where, where Democrats have secured more seats in, the, in these blue states. So those are suppressants, but it's there's definitely a wave. And I just think in the Senate, it's going to go Republican too. And yeah, there's some candidates you have question marks around. I mean, Herschel Walker is obviously a hero in Georgia. Um, I haven't seen him in person on the stump, but people say he's really charismatic. But there's a question, you know, how, how much does he know about the, the substance so far? You know, is he yep. going to do the studying? But I think, you know, that's that he, he has a real good shot in that race. And I think that the, the there's states will be run, won on election night that will be shocked by because it'll be that that big a wave. So there'll be a couple that just no one expected, you know, Connecticut or something like that. It just feels like that that kind of year. And the, the only think, thing that's going to change it. Do you yep. think this is a bit like 1994? Well, the, the Democrat media didn't see 1994 happening at all, but that was uh, Republicans winning the House for the first time in 40 years and winning the Senate. And, of course, major network announcers, uh, some have, have passed on that I think it was Peter Jennings, one of them said – or Dan Rather, one of them said that America has had a temper tantrum. Because yeah. when Republicans win, it's not, it's not what the American people meant. It's some kind of just mistake that will be fixed next time. But yeah, it can't, exactly. it, right. It, it can't be legitimate. So I think this is a combination of 1994 taking it all back uh, and the Obama first midterm, but it's not going to be 60-some seats for the reasons you said in the House mm -hmm. or as many Senate seats. I think this is somewhere between 1994 and 2016 or whatever year that was. Yeah, and uh, you know the the interesting question will be then um, get, get do, doing even some more speculation. So how does Biden react? Can he adjust? You know, Bill Clinton famously triangulates after 1994, puts himself in a good path in 1996. Obama doesn't triangulate at all. In fact, he doubles down on going left and makes that work for him because he destroys Romney and motivates uh, his his base. So w what does Biden do? You know, at at this point in time and, and given his, his age, he, he doesn't he's not highly flexible, you know, yes. and his presidency, even though the mood music of his campaign in 2020 is like I'm a Joe Manchin type Democrat. He's obviously governed like an Elizabeth Warren type Democrat. Will he get that that's a mistake and, and try to adjust? But even if, you know, even if he adjusts brilliantly, it's really hard to see him running again in 2024. And then and then Democrats have a huge now what problem because Kamala Harris is a disaster. And after that, it's just it's, it's hard to see what else they got. If Joe Biden were down to about a minute and a half, Rich, Rich Lowry on the Brian Kilmeade show, Newsmaker Line. If Joe Biden decides to run, he told Barack Obama he was going to. I think Barack Obama got that out there on purpose because he constantly <laughs> undermines Joe Biden. Biden hasn't figured that out or maybe he doesn't have the mental acuity to even know that he got. I mean, from that appearance by Obama to Biden walking around in circles, shaking the air, hands with the air, the Easter bunny uh, waving him off the rope line. I mean, I think it's baked in that the American people understand that Joe Biden is not up for the position. And if he did run 
in 2024. I say he I agree with the Rich Lowry doctrine. He will not run. He'll have some great way of saying why he's not running. It won't be because mm-hmm. he couldn't win. He'll say, no, if I ran, I would win. But he'll have some fantastical thing that he'll say for the reason being. But I say he won't run. But if he did, he would face Democrat challengers, wouldn't he? That's a tough one. I haven't thought about that because the problem you have when you're a party with the incumbent president is a, a, a serious primary challenge means you lose. I mean, there's just like no no instance where, where it haven't, hasn't brought down. Or you the, win, the lose like Reagan president. did. You win, lose like Reagan did because he did win. Yeah, maybe. When he challenged maybe. Ford. Yeah. It's, that, it's, 30 seconds. It's, it's tricky. Um, they they got to hope, you know, they, they all want to believe he's going to run, but secretly they all know they, they know he won't. And just we're really, you know, it's going to be hard to get through the next two or three years. We're supposed to believe he could do another six or seven years of this, you know, until he's 86 years old. It's fantastical. Well, I believe Afghanistan went the way it did because of Biden. Uh, I believe that that Ukraine, Russia wouldn't have had to go the way that it did. It's It's Biden. Uh, he, he told them he's been wrong for 50 years, as you know, on everything. He told Ukraine uh, 24 hours into it to quit. Uh, he's just wrong about everything, it seems. Quick closing comment. Yeah, and, and he, I mean, he's, he's an old dog, and he's not going to learn new tricks. I, I, I've been, I just worked on a big piece on the nuclear gap and how Russia has more nukes than, than we do, and China and Russia are building up. And the first thing he does, uh, literally when he gets in office, is um, reinstitute the New START Treaty uh, for another five years, which doesn't include China, which um, keeps us below the number of nukes we need and doesn't hurt Russia because they're, they're building tactical nukes uh, hand over fist, but it's because he's been an arms, arms controller for 40 years. So he's, he's not going to adjust to circumstances. The column is Let Disney Be an Example. It's outstanding reading. Check it out. Rich Lowry, Let Disney Be an Example. Great to visit with you, Rich, on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, thanks so much. Good to be with you. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to come back to Elon Musk. We're going to share some audio with you with the congressman that I just met with my congressman, Jeff Andrew, uh, a month or so ago. Congressman Jim Jordan on Elon Musk. When we come back, it is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Educating. Entertaining. Enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Big tech, big media, Democrat Party, all colluding to keep the Hunter Biden story from we the people just days before the most important election. And that's why they're so, so apoplectic today. The left is going crazy. And as you point out, they're going crazy over an electric car maker who supports free speech. That shows you how ridiculous they are. But that's the power they had and the power they used 18 months ago in the run up to the most important election we have to decide who's going to be president of the United States, who's going to be commander in chief. That is why today is so darn significant. The left, the left doesn't want you to speak. If you don't agree with them, you're not allowed to talk. And if you try, they're going to attack you. They're going to try to cancel you. That all changes today with Elon Musk now owning Twitter. Congressman Jim Jordan on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Brian, your calls mean so much to Brian. Let's get a quick comment from Eric listening on Brian Kilmeade affiliate WDBO in Orlando about Disney. Eric, we're real close on time. Go. Yeah, um, Disney's threatening to leave. Where are they going to go? There's 38 square miles. They don't do anything for Florida. They give us nothing. They clog our highways. Their uh, customer service has really gone down lately, and they just think they're the boss. They were given a deal in 1967 when nothing was here. 
And the deal that they got is against our Constitution. Uh, do you think anybody can let Madison Square Garden have their own police force Eric, and everything? more time so. next time, I promise. So sorry, but we wanted you to be heard when we come back. A great American, Dinesh D'Souza, on The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Ryan Kilmeade Show. Brian has the day off. Brian will be back tomorrow. Harry Hurley filling in today, partnering with Allison, Pete, and Josh. Welcome to the Ryan Kilmeade Show, which holds a place on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs in America today. Only room for four, Talkers Magazine. And they are the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media. They rate Brian Kilmeade as the fourth most important radio talk show host in America. You can follow Brian at BrianKilmead.com, TheBrianKilmeadeShow.com. And Brian is also a New York Times bestselling author. Brian's latest bestseller is available right now at the Brian Kilmeade retail store at BrianKilmead.com. He'll personally autograph it for you. It's a it's a great gift item. His most recent book is The President and the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. Don't forget, Brian, on Saturday nights at 8, and then there's a replay a few hours later on the Fox News channel, One Nation with Brian Kilmeade, and available tomorrow is an incredible piece that Brian has spent a lot of time on, and you're going to know it when you see it tomorrow. Please don't miss this work of Brian. It is the story of Elon Musk. And, you know, just because someone is famous and they're the richest person in the world, and in some cases we hear about people that are famous for being famous, you're going to learn who is Elon Musk. And, again, that's available tomorrow on Fox Nation, hosted by Brian Kilmeade, and you'll learn it all visionary or villain, genius or huckster. Uh, You're going to learn things you never knew. It's very, very deep dive into all things Elon Musk. And of course, with his purchase of Twitter at $44 billion, $22 billion out of his pocket financing with a few of his friends, $22 billion to make the deal. Uh, It's, I believe, a demarcation line where free speech is going to be in vogue again in America. Stuart Varney, Liz Clayman, Cara Frederick, who's a fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and Seth Dillon, who is the chief executive officer of the uh, duly deplatformed uh, Babylon Bee because they, in humor, tell the truth. And uh, I guess these serious people from the hard left, uh, they don't know humor when they see it, so they actually deplatformed uh, in some of the um, instances the Babylon Bee. I mean, it's, that's how... Absurd things have become. On the Brian Kilmeade Show, Newsmaker Hotline is, I say, a great American. He's endured a lot. I'm not going to get into it in any detail, but he and I have spoken over the years on air. And he was prosecuted for something no one's ever been prosecuted for. So he's, he's an American first, a, a totally civil matter. Uh, they somehow uh, found a way to weaponize uh, our system to, to hurt Dinesh, but really they hurt themselves and they betray themselves. Dinesh D'Souza, author, and I, and I say world-class filmmaker, and host of the Dinesh D'Souza podcast, his latest film that we're going to review this segment on the Brian Kilmeade Show is 2,000 Mules. 
Dinesh, it's good to be with you today. Hey, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell us about, uh, and in fact, I think this is a good way to do it. Pete, let's set the stage and let Dinesh comment after we hear a little bit about uh, 2000. the, cl- the clip is cut 30, Pete. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Let me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong, and they have little pieces, and no one's really put it together. I'm agnostic on this question, and I I am awaiting more information. Bold accusations require bold evidence, and they haven't seen it. We have been working on something big. Show me the money. Can we meet? Dinesh, there we set the tone. Uh, You are the filmmaker. Tell us about it. Well, there have been two rival narratives that are hinted at in that trailer. One is the claim that this was the most secure election. This is a claim coming mainly from election officials praising their own work. And on the other side, you've had uh, conservatives, Republicans, saying, I suspect something went wrong, but I can't prove it. I can't put my finger on it. And so you've got this kind of nagging divide. uh, And I think the 2020 election continues to haunt the American mind. So this movie comes comes in with real facts, evidence, uh, geo-tracking or technological evidence, video evidence to really settle this matter once and for all. Um, And to do it in a way that the ordinary person can completely understand. I mean, when you see a mule, a mule is a kind of paid political operative in the middle of the night, going from one drop box to another, dropping in ballots, stuffing these ballot boxes with fraudulent votes, wearing gloves, looking around to make sure no one notices them, and then taking a photo of themselves, dropping these ballots in so they can get paid, you know you're, you're basically peering into an organized criminal operation in all the key states where the election was decided. And Dinesh, as you know, in just the past several days, uh, the Florida legislature and Governor DeSantis decided into law this um, effort to actually make felonies out of the ballot harvesting and a lot of the illegal things that went on. What I love about your work is you connect the dots. You do you do it in a way that you just outlined, Dinesh. You do it in a way that people can understand it because some people do try to overcomplicate things, and then it's over people's heads. and not stupid, but they just don't get it. And if you don't say it in a way that's memorable and that is relatable, they're not going to get it. I think a big mistake was made which cheated the American people out of finality of the 2020 election. And what I mean by that is people got focused on things they couldn't prove. We were going to, you know, release the Kraken, only we never released any Kraken. Uh, They blamed voting machines. What they didn't do was blame the things that I know you go into in 2000 Mules, the ballot harvesting, the way that signature verification in key battleground states was changed so that instead of three, four, five percent ballot declination, and this is not about illegal vote not counting, it's about illegal votes not counting. The the old make it easier to vote but harder to cheat. I think the Florida model is something that can save the republic. Your thoughts of that comment? 
Well, yes. This um, Democratic Party has been uh, the party of voter fraud, going back to the 19th century. And typically, it's old school fraud. In other words, finding names on voter rolls of people who haven't voted and then casting ballots in their name. You know, going to places like nursing homes and finding people who are comatose and don't know who they are, and basically either getting them to sign a request or you sign one for them, get an, get, get an absentee ballot and vote on their behalf. Yeah. Uh, collecting votes from homeless. Uh, these, these schemes have been going on for a while, for decades. Now, what made things different was COVID, because suddenly the mail-in ballots, which were once a very small percentage of the overall vote, now become highly significant. And so sure enough, the cheaters realize, let's cheat there. But even though this is old school fraud, it is busted by new technology. And in the movie, we introduced people to geo-tracking, which is a, an ability to, to follow and track the movement of cell phones. Uh, and so if someone were to geo-track you or me, they would have me waking up in my house and then going to pick, get some coffee, then going to the studio to record my podcast. So geo-tracking isn't just a snapshot. It shows the movement of a cell phone. And we're able to show the movement of these mules going from one Dropbox to another, typically in the middle of the night. A single mule going to 20, 30, and 40 drop, in some cases over 100 drop boxes. So we're talking about a large volume of fraudulent votes. This is right around the corner. Dinesh's latest movie is set for release the week of May 2nd, so really just a few days away. Dinesh D'Souza on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline, and we're reviewing his new movie, his latest movie, 2,000 Mules. How difficult was it because the, the hard left, they don't accept truth when it's incontrovertible. How hard was it for you to put together incontrovertible evidence of exactly what happened in the 2020 election? Well, I'm partnered with a research organization called True the Vote, and they are the ones that bought this geo-tracking data, which is extremely fascinating. Uh, but as a movie guy, I must say that what really thrilled me is when I realized that there was video evidence. And I'm not talking about some video that some guy took from a truck, you know, with his video camera, or some video given to me in the middle of the night. I'm talking about the official surveillance video of the states themselves. So in other words, they have this video already. And what does it show? It shows these operatives committing the crime. It's kind of like, you know, you can see them breaking into Fort Knox. So from a movie point of view, it's fantastic because the audience can see for themselves the crime being committed. And I think that's what makes it truly undeniable. The left is going to have a lot of explaining to do. Visiting with Dinesh D'Souza on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. 2000 Mules is Dinesh's latest movie. It's set for release next week. Dinesh, in terms of proving again. I want to ask you a question that I, I'm, I'm positive you know the answer to because you, you did the, the analytics and you've got the data. And I haven't seen the movie and I can't wait to see it. Was this mostly in the key battleground states, uh, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, for example, and some of the other close races that if three or so states had changed by 40 or so thousand swing of votes, President Trump is reelected to a second term. Was this effort focused on the key battleground states where they knew it would be close. Well, let me just say this. Uh, True the Vote um, got a, a $2 million grant, and they only bought the geo-tracking data in five areas, and not go. even the whole state. There they bought go. Atlanta, they bought Phoenix, they bought Milwaukee, Detroit, 
and Philadelphia. There you go. And, and, and we only look at those five places. But by the way, those are the five places where the election was decided. And we find a large number, a large coordinated, coordinated network of fraud. Now, was there fraud in other places? Quite probably there was. But I'm not going to go beyond what I already know. I'm sticking with the fraud I've actually found. And it turns out that that volume of fraud by itself is decisive. Do you believe that? Because I think the atmosphere is different now than it was during some of your previous movies where your truth was was self-evident. I mean, I've seen all your movies, but the obviously the Democrat media, not they either don't cover you or they try to discredit you uh, and your your, your truth. Uh, how much opportunity and I think in that heading into the midterm election and, and it's going to be here before the American people know it. And it's obviously one of the most consequential elections ever and, and certainly in a long time at the minimum. How important do you think this movie is in terms of educating the American people? Because past is prologue, I believe. If you prove it happened then, it can help keeping it from happening a second time in 2022 or at least mitigate a lot of it. And, of course, when they're really going to go for all the uh, the marbles in 2024. Your thoughts? The mainstream media is going to try to prevent the ordinary guy and particularly independents and Democrats from seeing this movie because they know when they see it, they'll know that if an ordinary guy sees this movie, they will be shaken as they leave the theater or even as they watch at home. This is the most censored topic in America. In fact, it's, I've had to develop a whole novel business plan because I can't you know, I can't put the trailer up on Facebook. I can't put it up on YouTube. I'll be banned immediately. I can't advertise on those platforms. This is, a, this is the one topic that gets you thrown off social media, or at least most of social media, almost by mentioning the word election fraud. So as a result, uh, the movie, I'm not going to put it on Apple iTunes and Amazon Prime and the normal places I do. I'm only putting it on uncancelable platforms. So I would actually urge people to go to the website, which is 2000 mules.com, the number 2000 mules.com, and you'll see the five ways you can watch the movie. Uh, you can go to a theater, you can watch it at home, you can get a DVD, uh, you can be part of this virtual premiere that we're doing out of Las Vegas on May 7th, next, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So it's, uh, the movie is going to be hard to stop. Uh, but on the other hand, the left will do everything I believe they can to suppress not the disinformation, but the truth contained exactly. in the film. Dinesh, we have 30 seconds before a hard break, but I remind the Brian Kilmeade Show listeners that Stacey Abrams can go all over the country and say that she was cheated out of the election. She still has not conceded. Hillary Clinton has never conceded to President Trump the 2020 election. So Stacey Abrams hasn't conceded to Kemp. She'll get to run again saying that she actually won. And of course, we have to accept as the truth self-evident that Joe Biden won the 2020 election. And anyone who doesn't believe that, uh, you are cancelable. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace, and, and I think at the end of this movie, people will see that it is not my sort of opinion that Biden didn't win. It is a fact. Dinesh D'Souza, 2,000 Mules. All the best, my friend. Be well. Take care. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first on The Brian Kilmeade Show. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. 
Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian has a day off. Brian will be back tomorrow, so that is wonderful news. Harry Hurley filling in today, partnering with Allison, Pete, and Josh. Coming up after the bottom of the hour break, uh, don't miss this portion of the Brian Kilmeade Show because we are going to have a very listenable, very important conversation about, and I know sometimes words become like jargon and what exactly does it mean. This Title 42 is, in my estimation, the difference between having five to 7,000 people a day who don't belong in our country trying to get in versus 18 to 20,000 or more. You do, that's per day. You do, that's with Title 42 and without Title 42. There was a poll recently done. It was credible. It surveyed only likely voters, and it talked all about what's the American people's opinion. Is this on purpose? This lack of protecting the border, purposely not completing the wall, not having the proper policies in place, not supporting the Border Patrol the way that they should. In some cases, they're miles away from where they should be. I don't think there's any question. And 51 percent of the American people, likely voters, I'm surprised it should be a better number than that. But a full majority of the American people and then a little bit say that this is on purpose. This, this is a strategy. I call it the permanent Democrat majority. They want to get as many people into this country, grateful to them, immediately indoctrinate them as Democrats as they get their cell phones and their water bottles and all their, their goods and services that they get and transportation to cities and states all over the country by various means, ground, air, a lot of it done at suspicious hours. And I, I always believe that when things are done at odd hours, it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. When we come back in just a few minutes, United States Congressman Jim Banks, who I believe will go from ranking member to committee chairman in several different areas. Right now, he's ranking member of the subcommittees that we'll talk about when we come back. But we're going to have a conversation about Title 42, about Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and a lot that is going on right now. A very important part of the Brian Kilmeade Show coming up in just a few minutes. Thank you for choosing Brian, who is, uh, I think he's even higher, but he's the fourth most important radio talk show host in America. We'll be back with Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana on The Brian Kilmeade Show. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian has the day off. Brian will be back tomorrow. Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian, partnering with Allison, Pete, and Josh. And we have a very important guest, extremely relevant, important topic. It doesn't get much more important than who are we letting into our country? What intentions do they have? And I'm, I'm a firm believer there's everything from beautiful people that want the great opportunity that America provides, but we also have bad actors. We, we have drug traffickers, human traffickers, MS-13 gang members. We have horrifically bad people that are exploiting the weakness of the Biden administration. It's not political with me. That This is like math. This is provable that what's going on is flat out dangerous and it, it, it is outrageous 
that we're in two courtrooms right now arguing that the pandemic is over, therefore end Title 42. We're in another courtroom arguing that we need to wear face masks on plane, trains and automobiles because the pandemic is not over. So not only bad policy, but blatantly intellectually dishonest. It's very dangerous. Joining us on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is a great member of the People's House. Congressman Jim Banks of the 3rd Congressional District of Indiana joins us on the Brian Kilmeade Show. He's a ranking member of the subcommittee. I want to hear chairman in the near future, ranking member of the subcommittee on cyber and chairman of the Republican Study Committee. Uh, His handle is at rep, meaning representative rep Jim Banks. So follow him. He's doing very, very important work, including a letter that we're going to talk about. It's a shame this guy, Mayorkas, I mean, he's he's following the Biden doctrine, but he looks like he's going to pay the sins for the family. Congressman Banks, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Now, I, I made a comment that I, I think is rather defendable. The Biden administration is currently arguing in two different courts. In one, the pandemic is a health emergency, and we therefore we need to wear face masks on planes and trains and buses and things like that. And then, of course, in another courtroom, the pandemic is over. The health crisis is over. Therefore, end the the practice of Title 42 as a public health policy. I would say this just in 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 civil terms, Congressman, you can't have it both ways. No, it's quite a contradiction. And and, uh, first and foremost, we have to recognize that what's going on at our southern border. uh, Take take the uh, the pandemic aside, what's going on at the southern border is a public health crisis. Okay, I mean we have we've had a two and a half million illegals cross the border uh, since Joe Biden became president. We have drugs flown over the border, unlike we've ever seen before. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death of Americans age 18 to 45 of working age. That is a public health crisis in and of itself, and and we got to do whatever whatever it takes to secure the border, to stop illegals from crossing, but also to stop. All of these drugs from coming over the border and Title 42 right now is one of is one of the last stop gaps preventing this uh, the largest humanitarian crisis in American history from ge- even getting a lot worse. I mean, take take into account that when they lift Title 42, it'll be about 18,000 illegals every single day coming over the border. That's the population of my entire congressional district in northeast Indiana every 40 days. Mm. So. This is a crisis that is of Joe Biden's own making, and uh, we got to do everything we can to, to, to stop them from making it even worse. I think it's important that you know facts do mean things and we have to get the truth out. Is there any doubt? I long ago just left no room for this not to be a true statement or reality. This, to me, is the planting of seeds for what they want to be the permanent Democrat majority in our country. What else could this be? You don't finish the wall, not you. Uh, you do all these things that are counterintuitive to all the things that you mentioned, and yet they keep on keeping on. And we keep hearing that Title 42, even though we know now that there are good Democrats that know. And, and what I ask people to do, look at what people that are going to be on the ballot in a couple of months. Look, look at what Mark Kelly has to say and some of these other people uh, that know exactly – what the truth is here. But I think this is a, the ultimate GOTV, the get out the vote campaign there. They want this to occur. This is not an accident. This is not incompetence. This is a strategy, isn't it? Oh, it's, it all of it is completely intentional. I mean, I, there's no other way around it. I mean, they, they say we're racist for saying this, but all of this is intentional. 
And, and, and remember the statistic I just shared with you. When they lift Title 42, 18,000 a day, that's my congressional district every 40 days. So how many congressional districts, new congressional districts in America does that uh, turn into if they get their way? So always remember that on day one, Joe Biden uh, is sworn in on January 20th, 2021, and the, among his first Amongst his first actions were repealing the Remain in Mexico policy, which is a very effective policy that secured the border under Donald Trump, stop construction of the wall, and then return us back to the uh, catch-and-release policies from the Obama era. Those those three things, that was a recipe to create the disaster that's occurring at the border currently. And that's with Title 42 still in place. So imagine what, what they will accomplish to, to transform America and make this crisis even worse if they get their way by repealing Title 42. On the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is United States Congressman Jim Banks, a distinguished gentleman from the 3rd Congressional District of Indiana. You led the effort. 133 members sent a letter that's in my hand right now to the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, who I just have to say is, I think he's just been a nightmare. It's horrific. His philosophy of governance is is beyond scary. It's dangerous. And this letter, without even mentioning the word impeachment, I mean, I, I would think you could be close to 218 people with some Democrats coming on board. Could this guy get impeached for the for the terrible job that he has done? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fully for impeaching Mayorkas at this point. I mean, clearly, he's illegally defied a federal court order to end the Remain in Mexico policy by, by ending the, the Remain in Mexico policy. So he's defied the courts and the rule of law in doing that. He, he illegally ignored laws that required him to construct physical barriers at the southern border. Now, when I, the last couple of times I've been down, down to the border on Joe Biden's watch, you see uh, piles of steel that you and I, the taxpayers of America, paid for, and that was that were that were authorized by previous congresses to construct the wall, and they piled it up and let it to let, let all of it rust on the ground. Now you have big gaps uh, throughout the border. Remember when I go when I go to the border, the border patrol agents who aren't who aren't political um, tell me they they tell all of us when we go to the border, the border was secure under Donald Trump. It's wide open with Joe Biden, and all of their resources are going to process. Illegals coming across the border who don't run from the border patrol, they run to the border patrol to be processed. So all of the resources of our border patrol are going to take care of that, and and very little of it is going to stop illegal drugs. And that's why we have a a growing drug crisis in this country because of Mayorkas and Joe Biden. So our letter had had broad support, as you said, 133, and a lot of members have been coming to us and and, want to add their names even after the fact, after sending it. And uh, we, we're demanding answers from Mayorkas. He's on Capitol Hill this week testifying. And uh, in the in the weeks to come, as, as he continues to, I imagine, to continue to fail unless he turns this around somehow quickly because of the pressure we're putting on him, I think there, there is a larger case here to make to impeach him, and I'm, I'm all for it. Do you believe there's 218 votes gettable before the midterm election, or is this something where the work is being done now, the problem is being pointed out, uh, the the energy, the effort to the preamble maybe, and then it, it's handled by the next Congress? Well, it's hard for me to speculate on that. I mean, I, I, I will say uh, there are a few Democrats out there who are recognizing that this election is such a disaster for them, and one of the biggest reasons why is because of the border. So uh, will, will, will you find a few 
uh, uh, Democrats out there. Remember, they only have a five-seat majority. So will, will there be a few Democrats out there who will say enough is enough? I mean, there are a few of them that are that are crying out and saying, Joe Biden, please don't lift Title 42 because they understand yeah. it's going to make things a lot worse. But it, but even in addition to making it worse for our country, it, it makes it worse for their political prospects in November. So I imagine there might be a few Democrats who are fighting for their political life that recognize that um, that there's a, a that, that the American people have had enough, and they expect us to do what we can to secure the border, and they blame the Democrats for it. So this is their chance to do the right thing and join us in in holding Mayorkas and Joe Biden accountable for uh, what they what they're doing to our country. We are visiting with Congressman Jim Banks on the Brian Kilmeade Show. This is an issue that, from the very beginning, uh, I thought was it was just despicable, and I'm talking about the um, the mounted horse border patrol agents who got a bad rap from second one. Their reins were called whips. They were accused of committing crimes. They were accused of assaulting migrants. No migrant was injured. They were on, as you know, the type of terrain where a vehicle, and they've, as you know, they've done this for many, many years, decades, uh, and they're very good at it. They're on uneven terrain. They're doing a tough job. They're getting no support from the administration. And then they have the president of the United States say they're going to pay for this and other people with hideous comments, including Mayorkas. Now we know that they're fully vindicated, but they're not getting the fully vindicated treatment, are they, Congressman? No, no, they're not. And it's just a, it's an absolute shame. It makes me sick to my stomach every time I, I, I go to the border, talk to the Border Patrol agents and see what they're going through on a daily basis. I know a number of Republicans went to the border yesterday and the day before and I think almost every single Republican in the House GOP conference has been down to the border to talk to the Border Patrol and see what's going on there with our own eyes. So we have to keep up the pressure. I mean, what they're what they're doing to our country is sickening. The border is a big part of it. But, but remember, I mean, it's their, it's their policies, Democrat policies, Joe Biden policies that have caused rampant inflation. It's Joe Biden and Democrats policies that have caused your gas prices to go up on average over four dollars a gallon because of their radical climate change, Green New Deal policies. And it's their radical policies that have opened our border wide open. And, and the, the consequences of the drugs are flooding into communities in districts like mine in Indiana and throughout the country that, that are killing uh, our, our family members, our neighbors that are that are having such a severe consequence on our communities. Every state today is a border state. And I, I think more more Americans recognize that than ever before. So we got to hold them accountable. That was the whole point of my letter uh, we, ha- we have to begin to make the case that this administration and Secretary Mayorkas are committing high crimes and misdemeanors, which, which warrant impeachment, uh, and use our oversight uh, power and authority to do that. And while the Democrats might ignore it, we, we will win back the majority in November, and we have a moral duty to do something uh, to hold these Democrats accountable for what they've done at the border and elsewhere in our country. So important, Congressman Banks, and, and, and it's so um, relevant to hear you say that. I want to bring up the 22-year-old soldier who died, Bishop Evans, uh, because, again, in my estimation, because of the failure of the Biden administration, he is part of Governor – was, because he's gone, as you know – part of Governor Abbott's uh, border security operation because the federal government is purposely uh, failing to do its job, and he goes and, and – attempts to save two people, forfeits his life for people who turn out to be suspected drug traffickers. What a human tragedy. Yeah, I, it, it, it's so sad. And to think that this, uh, 
you know, this, this guy, an American hero, uh, trying to save others, bravely did his job, and and crickets from the from the president and the administration. I mean, I, may, maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't heard a a single word come out of the president's mouth recognizing the heroic efforts of of uh, this hero or or so many others who uh, who have served in dangerous conditions at the border. So. I don't think uh, you're wrong, just, Congressman. It, it I don't makes... think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all. I was going to say the same thing if you didn't. I am unaware of a single empathetic thing spoken, and I believe it's because their failure is so self-evident that they're just completely tied up like in knots as a pretzel, in knots yeah, that they so can't – they don't know what to say because they have failed. They know they're responsible. They have failed. So then what they do, they just ignore it like it didn't even happen which makes it even worse. Yeah, uh, no, uh, that's absolutely right. I mean, it, it, Joe Biden can't stand be- behind a podium and with a straight face uh, recognize the heroic efforts of, of this man without without opening the door to, to conceding that it's his own is it's his own fault. It's this administration's own fault. They've created these conditions at the border that's turned into truly the the greatest humanitarian crisis in our nation's history, it's happening at our own southern border. So it's it's their own fault, and it, it just it pains me to think about the, the fa- so many families who are who are affected. Not to mention the young women and girls who are being raped, yep. and the conditions that they go through when they they when they come over the border. They're sent over the border by the cartels, but the stuff that's happening to them in the process. I mean, this is this is a a, a very sad situation and it's of Joe Biden's own making. Final minute, Congressman Banks. The American people have a great track record, in my estimation. I think this is also provable for making course corrections when one political party, you know, that was all set up. They didn't want political parties, but we've had them for a long time. And the American people have been very good at making course corrections when one party goes too far. I have no doubt the People's House is going to change. How imperative is that in your estimation? I know that sounds like a gratuitous softball meatball question, but I, I believe the republic is on the line in this election. I do, too. And I, 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 re- I really believe this is we always say it, but this is the most important election of our lifetime because of that. If these Democrats somehow keep control, how, how, if they ever man, if they manage to do that, then it will embolden them to continue these radical policies that are that are changing America from inside out. We've never seen America decline like it has over the last year and a half with these with these Democrats in control of our country. So we got to win back the majority, but it's not just about winning it back. It's about what we do with it. And we, we have to be bold enough to hold them accountable and to advance uh, the America first policies that we know put America on uh, on back on the right track. I mean, I, I just in a year and a half, I mean, uh, the, uh, everyone, I, a large majority of Americans are better off two years ago than what we are today. We got we got to get back to those policies. Congressman Jim Banks, your leadership is noted, could not be more important. Thank you for appearing today on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. We'll be back. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base, it's The Brian Kilmeade Show. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian will be back tomorrow. Harry Hurley with Allison, Pete, and Josh. Let me just follow up 
on the comments of Congressman Banks, who I believe on the Brian Kilmeade show was spot on. This Title 42 is so important. This midterm election, I know it's all politicians saying it's the most important election of our lifetime. It truly is. Listen to someone who has one foot out the door at MSNBC and one foot in the door uh, at the White House as the press secretary. Josh, cut eight. Jen is the Saki. president really wanting Title 42 to go away because it was a Trump-era <laughs> policy? Well, the president has never felt that Title 42 was uh, a, an effective immigration policy, and he talked about that during the campaign. Uh, but the authority has always rested in the CDC to make that determination. And he left the CDC to make that determination, unlike his predecessor, about a range of decisions. So the president has never uh, never uh, made a secret of the fact that he thinks immigration reform is necessary and that Title 42 was never a replacement for comprehensive immigration reform that would put in place smarter security, that would ensure there was a, an asylum processing system that worked. And that is something he would be eager to work with anyone on to get done. I don't agree with any of that. I don't believe any of that. Uh, it's not true. And I don't believe it's independent decisions being made. This is this is a Biden strategy. This is the Biden doctrine. And this is the Brian Kilmeade show. Live from the Fox News radio studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian. Brian will be back tomorrow. I'm partnering with Allison, Pete, and Josh. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian holds his place firm on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio in America today. The Talkers Magazine, the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media, rates Brian as the fourth most important radio talk show host in America. That is well earned. You can follow Brian's work at briankillmead.com. Also, the uh, website, thebriankillmeadshow.com. All the show content is there. And and Brian's uh, website, briankillmead.com, that, that's a great store with a lot of well, all of Brian's books. You can have them personalized. You can make really um, some great gifts by visiting briankillmead.com. Brian's latest book is The President and the freedom fighter Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save the soul, uh, to save America's soul. Also, Brian appears every Saturday night on the Fox News Channel, 8 p.m., One Nation, with Brian Kilmeade. A few, few, a few hours later, uh, there's a second airing of Brian's show in an instant classic. And also available tomorrow, it's in- incredibly relevant. Who is Elon Musk? A great cast. Great content. You'll find out things you never knew. And I believe it's a demarcation line in terms of free speech in American history. The day that Elon Musk takes full ownership of Twitter. And again, the left, they want it to be completely unlevel. They want their words to be able to go out. They want your truth to be shut down and you to be canceled. And we're going to be talking about this this wicked Cancel culture with Matt Schlapp in just a second. Let me just finish this thought about Brian's work on the um, the Fox Nation piece that you can view tomorrow. Uh, who is Elon Musk? You will find out by watching Brian's program. It's outstanding. Stuart Varney and a whole cast of really important people tell you everything you didn't know about Elon Musk. 
and I meant what I said about the demarcation line. It's absolutely true. Joining us on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is Matt Schlapp, uh, fantastic pedigree, chairman of the American Conservative Union, host of CPAC, former political director for President George W. Bush, author of Desecrators, Defeating the Cancel Culture Mob and Reclaiming One Nation Under God, and co-writer and producer of the new documentary that we're going to review this segment, Culture Killers the Woke Wars. His handle is at M. Schlapp, S-C-H-L-A-P-P. Matt, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, great to be with you. And I know Brian's somewhere still working. Oh, there's no doubt. Because as you know, he never stops. He's the hardest working guy in our business. So we're, we're, he'll be back tomorrow. But you're right. He, he's always working. And that's why he's such a difference maker, as you know, Matt. Now, in terms of this, um, this documentary, it, the timing couldn't be better. The content could not be more relevant and, and so very important. Culture killers, the woke wars. This has become flat out dangerous in our country, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it's true. And they can, uh, folks can go to our website at conservative.org and download the documentary. And I hope they will, because, you know, as much as many of us have been right in the middle of all this for the last couple of years, um, really probably five or six years, and you could almost argue ever since Obama said, uh, I want to fundamentally transform America. And Michelle Obama famously said, for the first time, I'm proud to be an American. Um, you know, they have really tried to change everything about our society. And, and for establishment Republicans, they really think this election is going to be about these economic questions of inflation, <laughs> of the size and scope of government. And I just think most Americans, including a lot of Democrats, think that w- what's wrong with socialism isn't just economics. It's terrible economics. But also, this idea of this fascism of trying to prevent you from being able to espouse your beliefs or have your religious beliefs or raise your kids with your values. They want you to be forced to be raising kids with the government's values, with their values of this secular, woke, strange nihilism. Hey, Matt, who would ever believe that we would need a case before the highest court in the land of a coach that after the game is over, goes by himself and prays. How in the world could we even be talking about that? And then even I heard some of the questions. Oh, do you feel like if if you don't go over and pray with him that you're not going to get to play? I mean, they're trying to invent a reason why someone's prayer is so offensive. It's 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 maddening. So. So this is the problem with a lot of uh, Republicans and a lot of Americans is that we're decent. Yeah. Uh, and so we're not really wired for this battle that we're in. So when they took Christianity basically out of our schools, we thought, well, you know, that's right. We, our Constitution isn't about pushing one form of religion. It's about accepting all forms of religion. So, you know, maybe schools will be secular and they'll learn how to read and write. What we didn't realize is, is that they just replaced it over these couple of generations with this crazy woke ideology, CRT, uh, teaching us that pro- uh, our fathers and grandfathers who are involved in companies are robber barons and profiteers and stealing people's money. They've been pushing the Green New Deal ever since I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was the pending ice age that was going to come destroy us because we were destroying the earth. You know, this pantheism was put in. So when they took one thing out, they replaced it. We didn't think they were going to do that because we took them at their word. And we should stop taking them at their word. They 
they mean to take this place down. They hate America. When you say you're going to transform America, who the hell would want to transform the greatest country in the in the history of humankind? Nobody. You might want to improve it, but you wouldn't want to transform it. Matt, it we can't. Matt, that we we can't. They're not for it. No, not at all. And I agree with that. We can't think like them. It's it's just impossible. I think it's why. September 11th, 2001 happened because the terrorist enemy knew how we thought. We didn't know how they thought. We didn't think there would be people that we thought they'd take a plane and take it to Cuba and, hey, you know, we want yeah, $10 million right. and, and we'll let everybody go. We didn't think like they did that they would actually be willing to forfeit their lives in, in this cause. And, and so we learned a lot. Uh, following that. They stole our innocence. We we just didn't think like they did. Now you look at these changes, and they're very good at it, Matt, as you know. For the longest time, they would do little minor departures from our civil liberties, and we would accept it. And if you said anything, you were like a kook and a bad guy and some fringe nut. But now, now it's on steroids, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, so you take the idea of like gay marriage or the acceptance of gays in society, uh, they uh, they acted like it was about, hey, why can't you tolerate, uh, tolerate adults to make their adult sexual decisions? And once again, a lot of Republicans are like, yeah, that's right. Uh, this is America. You're allowed to live your ad- adult life. You're allowed to make your choices. Not everybody has to agree with everybody's choices. Uh, you know, maybe a lot less kids will get married. That's their choice. They might want to live their lives single. And, you know, we just everyone kind of thought, well, I guess that's kind of the way it is in 21st century. Who would have known that all of that was just a fake cover for telling your five-year-old boy that if he, if he feels ever confused, it's because he's the wrong gender, and that we would pay for that with our taxpayer money in our schools, and that our elite private schools would lead the way. And, uh, and sometimes even people who are in Christian uh, sects, would, uh, would, uh, Christian denominations would lead the way. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, we never realize what they're really up to. And the, one of the things I say in my book, The Desecrators, is it's much worse than you think, because any decent person, you couldn't even fathom they would do these types of things. This conversation with Matt Schlapp on The Brian Kilmeade Show is reviewing Culture Killers, The Woke Wars. And really, it is important for people to uh, to check this work out. And I know that you did an event with my former boss, President Trump, uh, in your series of premieres. You're going to be doing uh, more of them, correct, Matt? Yeah, we came out here to Palm Springs. We did a premiere uh, last night in a private residence of one of our board members. Um, I'm heading off to New Jersey. Uh, then I'm out to Nebraska. And, you know, our view is we're just making the documentary available on our website. Everyone should go there to conservative.org. By the way, we're releasing all of our congressional ratings as well. And you can go and see how your member of Congress is doing. Um, but our view is, is that if we don't win the woke wars, um, it's over. Uh, we're yeah. going to lose the country. We're going to become like France or Portugal or something, you know, not terrible places, but not places of freedom. And uh, and we got to do it. And y- you know why I know we're going to do it? Because the reason they cheated in the elections is because they knew there was less of them than there are of us. And there's fi- more yeah. of us. We, we just got to stand up and talk. Match lap on the Brian Kilmeade show. Don't you find it interesting how Hillary Clinton has never conceded? Stacey Abrams has never conceded. But if you don't accept that Joe Biden legitimately won the presidency, they, they want to be able to criminally charge you. And in some cases, they are criminally charging people. It's outrageous. You know, that's exactly right. You, uh, the, the game plan of the Democrats is to turn their election losses into our racism. Yes. And then when we win races, but they 
put enough illegal ballots into the count, then uh, it's about our uh, domestic terrorism. Right. When you, when they um, and, win, they yeah. win, and you're to shut up. And when we win, we didn't really win, and they don't shut up. That's right. And you're, and then the people on our side, like myself or others, who stand up and say, wait a minute here, this isn't right, we then get destroyed. Uh, every corporation, every institution in society, professional sports, then comes in to say, we could never contract with you, we could never hire you, we can't have anything to do with you. Um, and and that really is the disgusting nature of this collusion amongst the fascists. Yeah, they make you to toxic. Shut everyone down, and that's why the majority is being ruled by the minority because the majority is scared to act. So the first thing we got to do is we got to put it on the line for the country and for our kids and our grandkids, and we got to act and we got to speak up. If we do it, we're right at the end. If we do it this cycle, if we do it in November, if we do it the following November. We're going to have a rebirth of freedom in the country. By the way, the whole world's going to root us on. Anybody who loves freedom is rooting for us to win this battle. Could not agree more. Match Lap on the Brian Kilmeade Show. We're reviewing his new documentary, Culture Killers, The Woke Wars. Congressman Banks said uh, just a little while ago on the Brian Kilmeade Show that this is the most important election ever. And and he even caught himself and said, I know people say that every single election. But, it's Matt, it's true this time. This election... I know it was somebody else's expression, and Biden didn't really mean it, but this is for the soul of the country, isn't it, Matt? Completely right. No, what we're, what we're, what's at stake here is the whole idea of constitutional order. Does it continue? You know, you have to ask yourselves, after 250 years of this great democracy, um, is it over? And if the, if the people are so passive as to accept BLM violence and call it you know, racial justice and accept uh, illegal voting and say, well, that's just a function of trying to get more people of color and immigrants, including illegal immigrants, to vote. Uh, if we're going to sit back and say, well, the Green New Deal is a fact and we, it's, it's indisputable and you can't talk about climate change anymore. If we're going to say, hey, take my five and six and seven year old kids and teach them to be all confused about gender and not have a, an appropriate sexual identity, um, we're going to lose everything. And by the way, when America goes down, civilization is going to come down and that's what our enemies really want including the radical islamic terrorists and you know the people you talk about on 9-11 and these kind of crazy woke secularists who hate everything the country stands for do you think match lap that the november general election the midterm election which which is so very important do you think that that is going to be similar to what we saw in the commonwealth of virginia and almost in my home state of new jersey where uh, jack Chitterelli came very very close closer than any of these dishonest polls would have led you to believe but i i believe that moms are extremely upset right now so are dads and I believe America wants our country back. So I'm heading to New Jersey today. I'm going to be at a seat at the table with some wonderful uh, conservative activists. I don't even know if they call themselves conservative. They're just people, like you say, who want to go back to sanity in New Jersey. And so I think you know we're living in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And I, and I would say, um, you know, these were not. This was not a Republican revolution. This wasn't a conservative. Revolution, like you said, it was just moms and dads and coaches and they, they got hey Matt, they got told you don't have any say in your children's education. Go away. I want take a step further. One of these parents, their daughter was raped by a transgender man during the Rainbow Pride Month, and he was told by his uh, by his uh, education uh, board that he wasn't allowed to talk about it. And then that same 
student attacked another young woman. And finally, that father went to the school board and said, you've got to stop covering all this stuff up. What you're doing, this is insanity. They tased and arrested that father. And that was videotaped. And that was part of the insanity. Like That was a turning – Matt, we're at a hard break, but that was a turning point. That was a huge turning point that not only did the Commonwealth of Virginia see it, but the entire country saw it, and it challenged everyone's right. decent sensibilities. Culture killers, the woke wars – Matt, Mercedes, and their great team. I know that Mercedes was a co-writer of the film. Uh, CPAC.org slash movie. Check it out. Matt, good to visit with you on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. We will be back in just a few minutes. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Educating. Entertaining. Enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian. Brian will be back tomorrow. I'm partnering with Allison, Pete, and Josh. And we we know this. We know that Brian Kilmeade is on Mount Rushmore in talk radio. We know he has one of the top four. I think he's higher, but he's in the top four. That's minimum. Uh, most important talk radio hosts in America, most important talk radio programs in America. And we know, of course, he has a vast listening audience. But listening right now, and I speak, I think I don't speak for Pete often, but I think I can speak for Pete on this occasion because we're both big-time New York Yankee fans all our lives. The great former Yankee pitcher, Denny Nagel, listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show in real time Denny, you're a great American, you were a great Yankee, and even more important than that, you're a better friend. He's my friend. He's a really, really good guy. Denny Nagel, in the Brian Kilmeade universe. As we say in this business, you never know who's listening. Uh, Yankee great Denny Nagel tuning in. That proves not only a great pitcher, and he's a great family man too, great guy. He was a great son. His father recently passed away. Just a beautiful man, and he's a real good friend. Uh, but he has great taste in talk radio because he's listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. When we come back, and it might be a couple of minutes uh, after the break, but when we come back shortly thereafter, we will be joined by Griff Jenkins. Griff Jenkins and I go all the way back. My goodness, he's still young and he has dark hair, and I still feel young and I have dark hair, a little bit of gray, both of us, mostly dark brown. Uh, but Griff the work he has been doing, I, I don't want to be gratuitous, and he is a friend, and he's been a longtime friend of mine, going all the way back to the days of Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, and just the work he's been doing for the Fox News Channel at the border, some of the most incredible, relevant work, important work, speaking the language, speaking bilingually, um, all kinds of things that he's been doing. Uh, now the war between Russia and Ukraine, which, remember, our president wanted them to fold in 24 or 48 hours, and they're past two months now, 66 days or whatever we're at. In, in, incredible. Griff Jenkins, Fox News Channel, national correspondent, live from Kiev, Ukraine. Wow. He has been doing it. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show, and we'll be right back.
breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back to The Brian Kilmeade Show. It's Harry Hurley filling in today. Brian will be back tomorrow. I'm partnering today, of course, with executive producer Allison, Pete, and Josh. Eric has a day off. He'll be back soon as well. And I want to remind you, uh, Brian has done some really, really great work as it relates to, if you think about it, one of the most front of mind, top of mind uh, people in America today, and that's Elon Musk and his $44 billion purchase of Twitter. And Brian has, and it's launching tomorrow. I'm a, I'm a founding member. I've got my coin and other gifts to prove it. Uh, Fox Nation tomorrow. Who is Elon Musk? And it is a Elon must to see who is Elon Musk. And Brian is joined by some of his friends, including Stuart Varney from the Fox Business Channel. Griff Jenkins, uh, who is a, a very good friend of mine for a long time. I can't believe how fast the years have gone. Uh, and he is just growing his pedigree, his portfolio. I mean, he is now a wartime reporter. He has done brave and important work at the border when people were very busy lying about what was going on or ignoring what was going on. You know, there's acts of commission, there's acts of omission, either misstating what's going on or not reporting on it at all. You had Griff Jenkins out there from the Fox News Channel doing the job at the border. He'll be joining us in the very near future. In fact, he's here now. He'll be joining us uh, live from Kiev. Ukraine to talk about what's happening. All right, Griff, I, I hope I didn't ruin your reputation. I expose that we're good friends for a long time. <laughs> Harry, the check is in the mail, my friend. The check is in the mail. You're too kind indeed. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I'm just fortunate that Fox uh, gave me the opportunity to cover this story, which is no doubt continues to be not only the big story uh, of our time right now, but certainly perhaps one for the history books as you know, we hear from President Zelensky, Harry, every day, and now I think the rest of the the world and, and is starting to come around to it, which is there's a real fight here between uh, an autocracy and democracy. The, yes. the fight between good and evil is how the brother of Kiev's mayor put it to me just uh, a couple of hours ago. And he said, look, freedom is at stake here, not just for Ukraine, but for the Western world as well. Griff, describe the courage how fierce, how admirable Ukraine and the fight that they have brought, because we do not forget uh, President Biden. He asked President Zelensky to surrender in like 24, 48 hours. And this is whatever it is now, day 67 or is well more than two months now. How, describe how fierce and admirable Ukraine has fought. I got to tell you, I'm so glad you asked me that, Harry, because it's just Unbelievable how defiant and strong and united Ukrainians are right now. And it's because President Zelensky did not take off and flee the way you've seen other uh, leaders in other countries when when sheer terror came knocking on its doorstep. And, you know, having spent a lot of time in the last two decades covering the brave uh, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines of the U.S., military. And I often go to the Iwo Jima Memorial where the Marine Corps Marathon ends. And I've anchored my show from there. The inscription on the Iwo Jima Memorial says, uncommon valor was a common virtue. It was about the brave men who fought 
uh, on that island in Iwo Jima. And I think now about these Ukrainian forces who, let's not forget, 63 days ago when this invasion began, everybody wrote them off. They thought Ukraine would capitulate within a matter of days. Kiev wouldn't last a week. I'm standing in Kiev. There's traffic in the streets now. They repelled the Russians, and now the U.S. and West are actually getting these 155-millimeter howitzer artillery pieces and other heavier weapons to the front line as the second offensive starts. But let me tell you, if there was a, a, a litmus test for Ukrainians to prove their metal and might to the rest of the world to get these weapons and get the support of the West. They have certainly uh, more than passed that test. And it looks like, uh, if you read the British uh, intelligence reports, they say that Ukraine, just in these first few days of this new fight in the East and down in the South, uh, they're failing to meet any of their major objectives right now. And people are starting to say Ukraine could win this thing, possibly, particularly we, with the support of the U.S. and West. We are visiting with Griff Jenkins, Fox News Channel national correspondent, now international corresponding, live on the Brian Kilmeade Show. You know this. You've done it for many, many years. You've done both radio and television very successfully. You know that radio is the theater of the mind. For Brian Kilmeade Show listeners, give us the difference between what we think we know from 5,000 miles away, which I think a lot of people don't realize how close we actually are. Uh, it seems like a world away. It's, I mean, a couple thousand more than going to California from your Fox News New York City studio. So it's, it's not as far away as, as people think. But yet it is a world away, and certainly the atmosphere between a viewer or a listener versus someone that is on the ground. Give us your take, the difference. What were you struck by being on the ground versus knowing what you thought you knew versus what you now know? What struck me, Harry, and it's a great question, is the absolute I, – I, I have been in war zones, and, you know, I was with Ali North during the invasion of Iraq, spent countless times over there to include even in 2016. I was in Mosul when the Iraqi Special Forces were trying to – did take back Mosul from ISIS. I've never seen any fighting force target the civilian population with such indiscriminate bombing and when I went to Bucha, where we have now these war crimes prosecutors pulling bodies out, the stench of death hitting you, and you realize mm. what has happened here is just something that we don't even see in other warfare. And, and it's, it's certainly both at the same time when you speak with these folks, they've been terrified and also uh, become more hardened in their defiance and resistance to Russia. And the other thing that is tough uh, about being on the ground is you hear all of these horror stories and you think, man, that is really, uh, that is really tough. Uh, and then, you know, our lives continue to roll along and you do whatever you're doing in your day. Well, just yesterday, I sat on a park bench and talked to a 20-year-old woman from Bucha who for 30 minutes recounted to me, Harry, what it was like to be walking in Bucha, minding her own business, past the Russians when a round, a sniper round, rang out and shot her mother in her head. And oh. her mother was shot in the head, oh. and she collapsed on the ground with her mother, holding her bleeding. And then she recounted her father got her to run back to her grandmother's apartment, then begged the Russians to let him take 
his wife's body back. They ended up interrogating him with a bag on his head and put his hands tied behind his back. They ended up, fortunately, not killing him. It seems that they didn't know really what to do with him. But, you know, she showed me pictures. I have a picture, which I'm going to air at some point in my coverage, of the, the cross that when they were finally able to get uh, her mother's body back, they, they temporarily buried it in the backyard uh, because that's the reality of, of what's happening. And, and that really brings home the, the, the real uh, terror of war. And, you know, this isn't a soldier I'm talking to or the, the brother or sister of a soldier who's lost someone. This is an innocent 20-year-old girl. I'm the father of a 20-year-old daughter that had to describe the Russians just indiscriminately killing uh, her mother. And, and the war crimes people are obviously interviewing her, and they've, they've added her to the, to the uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of, of cases they're going to ultimately try and bring, not against necessarily uh, Vladimir Putin, but also to the Russian forces that carried out the attacks. Heartbreaking, and it puts a, just a face in a, and, and just a true feel of exactly the human resource loss and the consequences have we gotten – Griff Jenkin is visiting with us on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline live from Kiev, Ukraine. And you have all my respect, my friend, for, for, for the courage and the work that you're doing. It's, it's, it's extraordinary and you're just such a – you're such a good man the, um, and a good friend. The, the, the story early on was that Ukraine wasn't getting what they needed and it was really um, inexplicable because we should have been getting it done. It just didn't appear to be the sense of urgency. My gut instinct tells me now and some of the coverage that I've listened to from you that that we're doing better now in getting President Zelensky what they need in order to defend the defensive assistance that we've been given. Have we gotten Ukraine things that they need with the proper sense of urgency? Or is there a little bit of slow walking going on here? Well, you're spot on. Remember early on, we had this debate about make fighters and everybody was saying, why the hell won't we give, you know, uh, Zelensky the make fighters and the things he needs to close the sky. And by the way, on for for Zelensky's part, he's done a masterful job of constantly asking for the, the very things he needs. However, I would say, and I give real credit to General Lloyd Austin, or Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who just yesterday rallied, and it didn't get a lot of play, but I've certainly watched it and, and, uh, and covered it some. Uh, in Ramstein, Germany, he rallied the defense officials from some 40 other countries and said, we got to get on a wartime footing. We've got to give the things that, uh, that Ukraine needs to defeat Russia. And he previously had said uh, on the trip, to Kiev that uh, he wants to weaken Russia so they cannot carry these things out. So I think there's been uh, a real tide shift in terms of not only the U.S. trying to uh, move faster, uh, what was once described as a snail's face, to move the weapons they need and move them faster, and he's rallying all these other countries to step up and get going. I think you're going to see a considerable faster pace uh, uh, going to, to to the front line. I agree with that completely. That is so well said. Griff Jenkins on the Brian Kilmeade Show for a few more minutes, live from Kiev, Ukraine. And I believe this. And you tell me if I'm on point or if I'm wrong, I, I will stand corrected by the great Griff Jenkins because you would know. <laughs> I, I think I know, but you will know the answer to this. It appears to me that the Ukrainians are much more committed to their cause 
than these Russian soldiers who, in some cases, don't even know what they're fighting for. And, and I believe early on thought they were peacekeepers and came in friendship. They didn't even I don't think they even knew what the mission was to some extent on the other side. So if Ukraine had been given early on everything they needed, I think they would have already won this war. I, I agree with you. I think they still have a chance to win. But I, they were put at a big disadvantage because they were not getting what they needed. We were afraid we were going to start World War III. I get some of it. Oh, my God. Well, Poland said they'll they'll bring the MiGs over. Oh, but that's still going to be Putin's going to say we, you know, we declared war on Russia. So I, I get their apprehension. I think it was a bit gutless, but I get their apprehension. It's sort of defendable a little bit. But as time has gone on, these Ukrainians, this isn't like Afghan where they cut and ran in five minutes, as you know. These are fighters, and even their civilians who are under the age of 50 or 60, and some are even older that are coming back to fight. They're fierce, and, and they're real dealers. Ukraine can take Russia, in my estimation. They just don't have the air power that Russia has and a lot of those missiles. Russia wins the air war. Ukrainians have beaten them on the ground, haven't they? Listen, I think the great Harry Hurley has nailed it. And don't take it from me, the brother of the mayor here, Vladimir Klitschko, the, the famous boxing champ. Uh, he and his brother Vitaly Klitschko is the mayor, and Vladimir is, is the uh, brother that also advises them. And he just, uh, two hours ago, talking to me, said, listen, Griff, we are so grateful that the West is now giving us, and the U.S. particularly giving us the weapons we need because they see exactly as you say that they are, are are winning they're they're beating the ukrainians at every turn russia is failing and he said now he had a big smile on his face he said you know could i say that i wish we would have had them much earlier maybe we wouldn't even be where we are now suggesting that they would have already defeated uh, the 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 russian invasion he said, but I'm just grateful, and I hope that they will continue this support and continue to escalate uh, the, the weapons they're giving because we've got to finish this. Now it's about finishing it. And that's what he says, and it's, it's exactly on par with your assessment. In the minute or so that we have left, we can stretch it a minute and a half. Give us a closing comment on where you think we are right now. How are things going? Well, that's a good question, and I don't have a good answer for you because we just don't know. Putin is so unpredictable, Harry, and that's what Ukrainians tell me, right? I mean, he's threatening mm -hmm. nuclear weapons, and we certainly don't think that he's going to use them, but we don't know. We've heard he's threatened chemical weapons, uh, and we hope he doesn't use them, but we don't know. We do perhaps can see, though, that this offensive in the eastern Donbass, which is where Putin is bringing so much of the heavy artillery and tanks and stuff into that area, which is familiar territory for the Russians because they've been fighting there for eight years since the annexation of Crimea in 2014, we do know that that may uh, be setting in for a slog and, and going on for quite some time simply because, A, we're giving them the artillery they need to fight back, but also, this is an area, it's flat, it's open, it's not urban like Kiev was, so it's going to be more traditional warfare fighting, and, uh, and, and from what we can see now, it doesn't look like it's going to wrap up anytime soon. Griff, final 30 seconds, and it's a loaded question for 30 seconds, but how serious should we take this nuclear threat that Sergei Lerov, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, served up to the world? Uh, that was very disconcerting. 30 seconds on that, please. I think you got to take it 
with very serious uh, concern because of the unpredictability of Vladimir Putin. That's what all of the Ukrainian officials are telling us here, that you just don't know because he is truly an evil enemy, in their words, and could stoop to any level to, uh, to carry out uh, his, his uh, evil intentions. Harry? And Griff, I know it's your intentions to stay safe, but I just want to say it to you as your friend. Stay safe. Thank you for the tremendous coverage that you're providing for America and the world. And uh, please be careful. Hey, Harry, thank you as always, my friend, and uh, have a great one. Hit me up anytime, man. Good to talk to you, Chris. Bring the stories to the American people. See you, buddy. Love it. See ya. Take good care. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first on The Brian Kilmeade Show. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. I agree. My name is Harry Hurley. Filling in today for Brian. Brian will be back tomorrow. I'm partnering with Allison, Pete, and Josh. And I want to say thank you. I want to say what a privilege it is, a professional privilege to um, work with this incredible team, Allison and her team. Uh, You guys are great. And ditto for Brian, who's just a great friend. I want to end on uh, what... I believe is a point of a real positive note, even though some of what it will take us to get from my opening words to the finish line will not sound entirely positive. But let's make it positive. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Who cared? John Henry owns the Boston Globe. Anybody throw a fit? Carlos Slim owns the New York Times, basically bought the building and all kinds of things. Uh, Lorraine Powell Jobs owns the Atlantic magazine. But now and only now, suddenly now, the the great American republic, the great American experience is threatened because Elon Musk is buying Twitter. I submit to you the hypocrisy. It's dripping with just irony and it's disgusting. It's disgraceful. Thanks again to Brian, Allison, Pete, and uh, of course, Josh and Eric. Thanks for the opportunity to partner with you. Brian will be back tomorrow. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.